me high Bam a lamb, you know that's no lie Bam a lamb, she's so rock steady Bam a lamb and she's always ready Bam a lamb, whoa, black petty Bam a lamb, whoa, black petty you primitive screwheads listen up i got news for you pal you ain't leading but two things right now jack and shit jack left town well hello mr fancy pants in my office and I heard a rock. Describe the rocket, sir. Does this mean we're not friends anymore? I'm in my prime. cool? First you want to kill me, now you want to kiss me. 
blown. Good. Bad. I'm the guy with the gun. What up, everybody? DJ Nubis. And DJ Neko. Back with you. A new episode of Hordes of Chaos and the Metal Tavern Radio Podcast. That was Metal Church's version of Black Betty. And you know I love, 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 love that song so yeah, much. Yeah, so kind of coincidentally, we did that as your pick of the week about a week or two or so. So uh, that's kind of cool. Metal Church has a new record out. That was one of the covers on it. I haven't gotten around to listening to the entire record yet, but I saw that and said, well... I know Neko loves this song, so let's open up a show with that particular track. Whoa, Black Betty, Ram-a-Lam, <laughs> whoa, Black Betty. I'm telling you, one day I'm going to be able to do it. I'm going to have my people who can do the dance, and I'm going to have this fucking dance. I hope. Get a bunch of Oompa Loompas. No, it's going to be awesome. I've got, like, I feel like we should be wearing, like, cut-off jean shorts and a leather jacket, and, like, I have a whole thing, that, but, you know... Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, so, got some new stuff on Cordyceps to play today, Exmora, uh, Ossuary, uh, definitely got some creative, <coughs> excuse me, creative waste and hunger and mortal peril, Thrash <sighs> block later, yeah. They killed my father. Um, also got some new Pearl Jam to play in the rock block as well, new Bonfire. And I've got an interesting, or we should say Neko has an interesting pick of the week. No, you I, didn't listen to it yet, did you? I have not heard it. And if it goes badly, do not blame me whatsoever. I'm, so It's a big risk for me. But So what, what I said to him, because when I heard this song, I said, don't listen to it. Because I don't want you to just to be tainted by it, just by who is singing it. Because... A bias. It is, yeah, it's a bias. So, but I wanted to kind of surprise him because I want to get his pure reaction to it. That's why I said, "Don't listen. Here it is. Just, just download it, put it in our list, and we'll get to it." Yeah. So uh, we'll be looking at that. It'd be pretty interesting. Um, got some topics to get to, and we'll get to that a little later. Got uh, our first block here. That was some brand new stuff from Night Wishes in there, and I, this other band I discovered. Also, like a symphonic uh, gothic metal band called Ad Infinium, and uh, I actually enjoyed their record more than Nightwish. But since they're both, or are you new, gonna hurt Nightwish's feelings now? No, not at all. I love Floor Jansen. I think she's a fantastic singer. I do too. I think she's My, got a really, uh, really. The funny thing is, though, I actually liked, as far as like Nightwish's material, like I liked the last singer. I can't remember her name offhand. It wasn't Tarja. She was before that, but they had another singer in between them. Uh, as as singing goes, floor is much better, but uh, I don't know, something with the last singer, there was a lot more chemistry with the music, I felt, but, you know, it is what it is. However, uh, Ad Infinium, uh, their record is pretty awesome. Uh, track I select is Infected Monarchy, and we'll be back right after this. What? what?
upon a time With the bravest heart But we were different parts Our stories told Struggles and fights Away from the lights From the golden clouds We're under a different star If you walk by the shores When the
Hi there, this is Rhino of Enclave and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Check this out. <laughs> drumming in the air. Me doing my air drumming. Uh, DJ Neko here and DJ Anubis here. She's sporting her body farm shirt. Yes, that Herman gave me. Yeah, from the Netherlands. It's very nice. I like it. She had to check that her boobs are still there. Yeah, they're they're still there. They need to be up a little higher. So I'm gonna start a GoFundMe for a boob job. If y'all wanna just you know, everybody GoFunds me for other reasons. GoFunds me. So GoFunds me for some boobies that are not hanging low. Um, I'm sporting my ingested shirt. Yeah, it's kind of nice. I don't, I haven't seen you wear that in a while. No, because I have so many now. I know. Ever since you lost weight, it's like easier to find shirts. And yeah, like, that's great. Before we would have to, we'd go to concerts and they're like, oh, sorry. We have a we have women's a... half shirt. <laughs> He's like, sure, yeah, right. That'll fit my For arm. big guys, it just doesn't work. So now that, um, he's lost easily like 150 pounds, so... Getting a 2X or a 3X is easier. I think you and could... shout out to my boy, Chris Grant. He's lost a lot of weight, too, so good on him. It's not Cheers, easy. Cheers, brother. I, I've lost 75 pounds. Um, It's not... And I've been, like, maintaining now for a while, and I want to lose more. But just losing weight is such a pain in the ass. Especially like, as you get older. It's really, really tough. Well, when we started our weight loss journey, we were, like, I started a little bit before you, and I was kind of loosey-goosey, but then when you decided that you were going to lose weight, too, we went strict with that that doctor's uh, recommended, um, like, recipes and menu, you know. Cutting out fast food. Yeah, cutting out, like, <laughs> fast food. I cut out. Soda was a big thing. I cut out drinking beer. I only really drink wine now, and that really helped. And he didn't drink any alcohol for a year. But that was forced because you're not supposed to. But... but it's like when you're super strict, the weight will come off. Well, we've been doing this, I think, now since 2017. Like, just really following our uh, our high low-carb, high-protein diet. and um, But then, like, you want a beer... You can have one now, so you'll have one. It's it's hard to, like, if... For me, I know I want to lose, like, four... Yeah, right now, the funny thing is the quarantine kind of sucks, just in a sense from, uh... You haven't even been able to go to the just, gym. Yeah, nothing. We can't do any of that right now. I even can't... I, I teach dance. There's no dance to teach. That That's, like, my main exercise. So, really, until you leave, I can't even go back to work. So that's was three days a week that I get to move around and do all this. Yeah, so. I mean, he probably easily walks... I don't know, 20,000 steps a day because yeah. he's delivering all the time. So me too, like I would, when I'm home, I, I have the dance classes and that's like forced exercise. Even if it's me teaching, I'm still like actively moving and sweating. And now it's like, but that shows you why it's important that we continue to eat well and smart. We and, try to, um, you we, we have our snacks here and there, but you know, that was always going to be a part of it. But anyway. we're not getting crazy. Like we used to, there are no nachos. There no. are no, um, we buy that protein ice cream so we can have a little sweetness. Yeah. We had a delicious roast the other day. Uh, you made a delicious ribeye last night. Um, Salad. Yeah, like so that. it's it's kind of like if we would get even more strict, I'm sure, like, I'd have some more weight fall off. But, like, what happens with me is I'll, like, lose, like, I just lost, like, five pounds. And I kind of get stuck there. And I've been stuck there now for four months. 
and it's like but it's annoying once this shit's over we'll get back to all our good deeds and get the pounds off the weekend. yeah get more moving and anyway in music news oh yeah uh sherry curry if you haven't forgotten about her the singer from the runaways one of the first girl bands girl rock bands that was you know inspirational and i mean it inspired had... a lot of uh Bands going forward. Joan females. Jett. Yeah. Well, she was in there. In, in the Ford. Runaways. Lita Ford was in the Runaways. Um, the movie was actually really, really good. It had, I enjoyed it, yeah. It had um, Dakota Fanning was Sherry. Sh- and uh, Kristen Stewart Kristen was, Stewart was Joan, Joan Jett. Jett. Like, it's worth a watch. And it's kind of interesting to see, like, all the house parties that they would put on and stuff. I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, but with Cherry Curry, am I saying her name right? Cherry Curry? Sherry Curry. Curry. Um, she has been working on for probably 10 years, a new album. Mm -hmm. And Anubis said that they, she actually released it, but she's going to be, she's adding on to the album and she's going to be releasing it digitally. But what I found really interesting was, um, in 2016, she was gonna release it like just that's when she wanted to do the big release however she was in a near-death accident when um a wooden chainsaw carving fell 12 feet off of um scaffolding and hit her and she she had terrible brain injury for about 10 months and she was partially paralyzed on one side of her face so after that and after she recovered she used that as more motivation to get back and and start writing and adding some more to her album and it looks like it's a 15-track album that's going out there. Um, yeah, the record was released in 2019 with only 3,000 copies out there and hard copies. So now, April 28th, they're releasing it uh, as digital so to the rest of the world. So that's kind of good. And it, the cool thing is it features guest appearances by Billy Corgan, Smashing Pumpkins, Slashing Duff of Guns N' Roses, uh, Juliette Lewis. Uh, who actually sings plus her acting career. So she's on that at Veronica's. That's kind of fun. I mean, right. having this kind of collaboration and... I uh, haven't heard anything from it before, so you know I'll be checking that out, obviously. But I think it was pretty cool news because you know, usually you always hear about Joan or Lita, but... And she's been kind of quiet. I mean, like, I, I really don't know how much of her music career... Or much of her music career after The Runaways... Yeah, it's just like once Joan and Lita took off, everyone else was kind of forgotten a little bit. But uh, just putting that out there for you all to check out. Uh, next block of music for us. New stuff from Cordyceps. I uh, also have some classic immolation, but we also got new stuff from Mad. Epidemic spreads. How fitting. Yeah.
secret by now from anyone that really knows me or us in general that Devin Townsend and all his works are I'm a big fan it's your favorite I mean ever since I met you I'm talking like (laughs) our first date you were like this is strapping your glad and I'm like oh nice yeah I actually remember we went to your beach house your parents beach house and like I brought like a, a CD that I ripped all these Devin Townsend tracks at the time, Strapping Young Lad and all that, and put them on one CD, and we were just jamming that while we were sitting on the porch. And I remember you kind of at one point early on, you're like, sounds like Static X, but I was like, nope, 
it's dead. And you're like, well, I like it all the less. <laughs> I like it already. I like it. It's good. Uh, yeah, I mean, every everything that Devin has done since I've known him, so we've known each other almost 18 years. We've been <laughs> living together almost 17 years, and we've been married now almost 15 years. So we've been, we've, you know, been through a lot together. And musically, as things change and develop, Anubis is right on top of it. And so it's no surprise that when Devin decided to put out a podcast, he I haven't even listened yet, but he's already started listening to it. And he said, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's it's, you know, Devin, ever since the quarantine, all that stuff, he's basically had on YouTube, he had something called the quarantine project. And he was just creating like different soundscapes and some of the crazier more ambient type stuff that he usually does and then he decided he was going to do a podcast and i thought well that would make a lot of sense because i think he'd be really good at it. and he hasn't disappointed but before i get all of that there are a couple of funny stories we got regarding devin and everything devin related <laughs> uh First time I actually met Devin was at Hammerjacks or Jacks when it was still there. Jacks, not Hammerjacks, Jacks in Springfield, Virginia. And uh, I think it was just for his Devin Townsend project band at the time for uh, Accelerated Evolution, I think. So uh, he was sitting there, and of course I had like my strapping young lad shirt with me that I wanted him to sign. Of course, the marker wasn't all that great. So it didn't really come out. I never watched it, but I ended up giving it to my friend Jason just because... But didn't he sign your ticket stuff, too? Uh, I don't remember, but the funny thing is, like, I remember walking up to him, and he, he was eating something, but, uh, you know, it was kind of cool. I just said, hey, man, you, I'm a big fan. You mind signing this for me or whatever? And he was... I couldn't... It was funny because between the both of us, both of us were kind of, like, humble and shy, so he was just as shy. He's like, yeah, sure, man, no problem. Yeah, he was totally like. And Missy, and when I got back, like I was there for a whole like five seconds. I got back, and Missy's like, "That's all you have? That's it? You didn't get down and blow him? What the fuck? Well, yeah, why didn't you just no like... reach around? Because <laughs> the way he talks about Devin, he's like Devin is like, oh, the most amazing musician, and he's so creative. And I'm like, dude, you know, you met your idol. I would have been like. I think a lot of it sometimes has to do whether or not how drunk I am because. When we met the guys from Goat Whore and Das, the two guitarists, when they were standing next to us, like, I was so trashed. I was like, yeah, man, let's get a picture. Or, and then Enslaved, they, right. sang, they sang Happy Birthday every time we went down the line. We and fucked talked. that night up because it would have been great to get out on camera. And you tried, but you were so drunk it couldn't even come out. And it was dark, too. But right. it was like, it was like we... Uh, we were going down the line, and they were signing they our poster. Sang it twice, though. <laughs> yeah, like every time somebody signed the poster, I'm like, "Today's his birthday," and they're like, "Oh, happy birthday to you, happy birthday!" Yeah, they're doing and they're doing their accent, so that's even better. <laughs> it was so much fun. But, but um, back to Devin, we we've met him a oh, couple times. A couple of times, and the one time was with Strapping Young Lad because that's when I got to meet Gene Hoagland. Right, and we were sitting down, actually, just getting a break, and I turned to my left, and there's this huge fucking dude standing next to me. He's so like, tall. Like, he's, I'm like, hey, dude, I know you. He's like, hey. He's like, yeah, I don't know you, but hey, what's up? <laughs> so we got talking a little bit. I introduced him to Missy, and we were talking and chatting. I'm like, you're my favorite drummer ever. 
And this was actually before he came back and reunited with Dark Angel a little bit and was doing all the Testament stuff. So this is years ago. Um, then we met him another... It might have been the same show where we got him out front and you, we took a picture. Now, his ass was smart because, like, he got Missy in there and he was hugging her. And then, like, I was trying to get myself in there. But I looked like a speck of dust. Like, he was kind of, like, fading me out of the picture. He's, like, pushing you out. Let's see if I... <laughs> so it's like, I w- it's me and Gene. He's got his arm around me. And then you're just kind of, like... Yeah. I'm leaning in, like, I should be in this. And then, like, I went on the Strapping and Lad form a couple years later. And I, Gene would used to talk a lot on there. Maybe he still does. But, uh... Right here. See, he's got his arm yeah. around me. And so like you, it's, like... I, I I started busting Gene's balls a bit on the forum. I'm like, hey, yeah, see, here's Gene's phasing me out. And he's like, well, of course. <laughs> he's always fucking with people. But, but uh, dude, he is so... I mean, I'm super short. And I, I know I was wearing, like, at least four-inch heels in this picture. And you, you're... I'm only 5'2". You're at least six foot. And he's, like, a whole head taller than you. Like, this know, is it's, insane. It's easy, dude. But uh, he's incredibly cool, humble. I love Gene. And um, an amazing drummer. Oh, yeah. Which is another great thing about that. He discovers, like, man, that drummer is amazing. I'm like, do you realize who the fuck that is? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, a big dude drumming? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so now she's, like, all Gene Hoagland, So, um, So he does have a podcast. It's on Anchor. Um, and what he's been doing with the podcast is he's basically going through all his material so he basically started with his first he didn't do the self-titled strap young lad he kind of talked about it a bit in the second episode with city but uh he talked about ocean machine first city now he's already up to infinity and physicist physicist so yeah so he's he's cranking them out i have to i'm not even caught up yet Uh, i haven't even listened to ocean machine i just listened to city so far so uh if you're a big tevin townsend fan check it out check out his youtube stuff uh it's great for all the downtime that we have right now and and he's putting a lot of thought into it he like he really goes through like i didn't even realize that during this talk with city that uh when he met gene they he had seen him in the same apartment building for a while they did they weren't even like best friends right away or anything and then i think one day they were talking behind stage somewhere and Devin was like yeah, so you're you're gonna play on my new record, right? And Gene's like, sure, because they were they were like all trashed, you know. They were just shooting just, shit, just fucking around. And then Devin, I guess, didn't forget about it and called him up the next day because Gene gave him his number and uh, said, "Yeah, you said you were gonna play on my record. Is it still good?" He's like, Gene's like, "Yeah, man, let's do it." Because Gene was a big fan of the first record. That's how they started talking about shit. And of course, Devin was all humble and not you know nice about it. So. Uh, it's worthwhile if you're a Devin Townsend fan. Uh, there's a lot of cool stuff in there. He starts, he gives little descriptions, and he says that maybe as the podcasts go along, he gets a little more pretentious about it, but I think it's just because he knows his shit. He always has. That's one other thing about Devin that I learned very early on is that not so much that he's, he's not arrogant or anything, but it's just people respect his music and his production so much that they come to him to have their albums produced by him. So it's really interesting how all that intertwines together. And I love, Devin is really entertaining, just talking. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, even when he's speaking in between his sets and stuff, or when we're watching his YouTube videos, um, he's just very entertaining. And 
you can tell he's really passionate about everything he does. So listening to this, I could tell with you, you're, uh, you enjoy the detail that he goes into with every album and kind of breaking things down. But then he's got that like Devin personality. So it's not just like, this is my idea. Like, uh, I did he's, he's just full of personality and very, very intelligent. And I, I love to see because again, we've, he's been following Devin a lot longer than me, but just over the years since Anubis has introduced me to Devin, seeing how he's evolved, seeing like the ideas. I love when people can do concept albums like Ziltoid. Like it's just, he takes something and he runs with it. So that's, that's a great point about the evolution because, you know, Devin not only has adapted as far as his music's concerned, like he's integrated, like for a long time he had your, his solo stuff versus strapping and lead. And then like, I remember saying to myself, well, I think this was after the self-titled strapping and lead came out in like 2001 or whatever. Um, you know, I sat there and I said, you know, it'd be sweet if he was able to integrate more stuff on his, like, solo stuff into his Strapping and Land. And then when Alien came out, he did exactly that. Uh, there was a lot of different variety in there, and it was expanding upon what City was actually doing. So, while the self-title is a little bit more straightforward, Alien kind of just broke the fucking floodgates open. And, of course, he was still doing all the other projects, so... And that's one thing you said you liked about him, too, even though... You, like you were saying, you like the crossover, but he gets an idea, and he's like, I'm keeping my Strapping Young Lad stuff Strapping Young Lad, because I want that to be my, you know, sound. But then I want my Devin Townsend project to have this sound. And then my solo stuff, I want it to have this sound. And then he starts collaborating with different singers and different people and different musicians. And it, it all takes on its own life. You know, Strapping Young Lad has an era, you know, like, of... of well, and I like, think also because, thrash. you know, back in the, when he was younger, like, I never even knew that he talked about it. That he, I never knew he, like, had, like, sort of a... Depression. That and... while following out with Steve Vai, who somebody started his career. They oh, had, oh. They weren't talking for a while, and I don't know the reasons. I can't... I don't know, like, the details of that, but eventually they worked it all out and everything but i didn't even know there was a falling out there so obviously the musically the music he creates is sort of therapeutic to him but also now i think the podcast will help with that as well because now you can just simply talk about it you know he's in a better place mentally he's got a wife a kid and uh you know he's doing pretty well as far as finances i'm sure it's not like he's massively rich but i'm sure he's doing way better than he had ever done when he was started so the reality is his mindset is at a more zen-like Yeah, sometimes being state. grounded a little bit, it takes a family. Like, you know, you and I have been together for a long time, but you've had your your lows, and I've seen you at your lowest point. And sometimes just having that support system, like having a wife or even something... Well, we talked about that last night with uh chris and kelly and it's the same thing uh you know chris uh who's crypt and metal mania you know stated that without scully being there during his tough times he may not have made it same with me with you so you know i don't know how much of devon's lady wife played into a part of that but 
it, it's just, you know, it's great that he's able to find a sense of peace with it all at this point, you know. Uh, it, it In some ways, it's kind of a bummer because the last time I saw him in concert, he was basically saying he was done with Strapping Young Lad, but I did see something that said that he may bring something back in that fashion, so we'll see. But I think it's all... I don't want to say, like, inspiration. Like, he's an artist. So mm-hmm. right th- right now, Strapping Young Lad, or at that time, it wasn't inspiring him. You can't, like, pigeonhole yourself and be like, I'm writing a Strapping Young Lad album when... I mean, look what happened with Morbid Angel with that one fucking record. And they're like, we're coming back! And it was not good. Right. So if you... If he doesn't want to put out shit. So he's like, I'm not going to focus on that because I'm not feeling inspired by it right now. Exactly. And the other part of it was... One of the things about strapping was, and this is what one thing Devin really likes more, is he's in charge of everything he's doing. It's no longer he has to worry about a label saying, we got you, you need to put this out. Uh, you need to make sure this record that Because that really, the the new Black, which was the last strapping young, uh, young Lad record, was basically Devin just saying, fuck you, here you go, and this is what I'm going to write. And he was going to be done with it. He, like, he, he didn't really care how bad or good it was going to be. He just said, I'm getting it done and over with. I'm out of here. And that's another thing, like another point. Now that he has full, you know, artistic control and he's doing all of his own, you know, heavy Debbie records, etc. He probably has a little bit more calmness almost. Like, okay, I know what I'm doing right now and it's going to be this. And I'm going to put my heart into it so it's the best record that I can put out. So, following along with these podcasts, you're hearing his his like mindset and and how he goes through everything. And I really I really like that. Um, you know, I'm just reading all the descriptions about you know physicist and infinity, and you really, you know, you you feel Devin kind of speaking. If mm-hmm. that makes any sense, it, like it's it is Devin. You you know it's it's his heart, and you know he's not just coming out and saying it because someone told him to do it. He's doing it because he wants to do it. Right. Alright, so let's kick into some more music. Uh, We're going to kick off this next block with some classic Blind Guardian.
Hey there, this is Hugo Flores from Factory of Dreams and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Enjoy the music. Alright, we are back. DJ Nico. DJ Nibis, getting ready for the rock block. So, like I said earlier, I got some new stuff from Bonfire, Pearl Jam, uh, also Hibiscus Biscuit. I like Monday that. Shot. <laughs> yeah. Biscuit. Uh, so, I got some Dog Crash and Disco Later. They're very cool. I like that band. I do too. Um, also, my pick of the week, which is a surprise sneak attack so that we can hear. Sneak attack is underlying it. So, <laughs> so we can hear DJ Anubis's. For the record, like, because I know who the artist is, like, I can't help but have some concern, but I do trust her judgment in terms of, like, it's not like I can't hear an artist or a band who does one particular style of music and then they try something different. Um, I'm only going to say that, now maybe I'll talk about it when we get there, but... My reaction when I heard it, because um, right now, for my for my dance classes, we're trying to keep the girls... Uh, engaged and there was a different song by this artist that we were like oh go ahead make up a dance to this and post it and we'll oh yay critique wonderful well i was just on this particular youtube channel and flipping through the songs and i heard this song and i'm like hmm way different than anything i've ever heard by this particular artist gave me some beatles and pink floyd vibes and i'm like this is kind of far out for this this person kind of not their their take on things and not their style so i i said this to anubis i said i want you to listen and be like yay nay or whatever so if you guys hate it tell me you hate it i don't care because i actually kind of like it i'm like this is not too too shabby for this person it's way out of their usual you know purview yeah i have the only concerns I ever have is sometimes Neko thinks something is rock-related, and sometimes I'm like, eh, it really teeters. Like, you can have some rock elements, but... We've played... We've played the way she's described this, it like sounds I said, like with, it belongs. Yeah, so. like, it's got some Pink Floyd and Beatles elements. Like it's Yeah, it's got that feeling from, like... So we're trusting her judgment. Well, trust my judgment. You can still hate it, but... I thought for who this person is, great, great, like something I actually really like by this person. Alright, so let's get this shit rolling. Hibiscus Biscuit. I like Hibiscus Biscuit. Here we go. Estou quase só campo delirios, como as voltas, quase em de bons ventos trago pânico ao convento pergunto se há vaga para uma banha Oh, 
homens de gravata Queria jogar a bola Perder a sola Viver de sonhos Como uma banha da Canto de ao ouvir 
Looking for a place to take care of all your automotive needs? Then get in touch with Stauffer's Auto Service in Millersville, Maryland. Stauffer's takes care of all auto repairs, auto service, and great quality parts as well. Stauffer's is located at 8328 Veterans Highway, Suite E in Millersville. Be sure to call and check out all their service specials related to your automotive needs. Stauffer's is professional, friendly, and is highly qualified mechanics to do excellent work with prices that are fair and much better than what you will find at other automotive places. So call 410-729-0121. That's 410-729-0121. And tell them the newsman and his trusty sidekick, Neko, sent you
desperately trying to grow her hair long and I over abuse the straightening iron because I have insane curly hair. I, I did it this morning and I didn't use any straightening crap and DJ Anubis looked at me and was like, whoa. I'm like, yeah, fucking whoa. I don't know. I Yeah, I saw you this morning and I'm like, you kind of look like that chick that said she was black but she's white. <laughs> That's what my hair is! It is! My hair is insane and the thing is it's not like real thick and luxuriously curly. appropriating. I'm called yeah. The, some I don't know what culture I am, but my hair is off the charts. It is like an afro, but a white girl's afro. I don't know. It's it's awful. So I I'm desperately. That looks good. You got. I got it like kind of pinned back a little bit. It's, it's a little cutesy. Kind of like calm down a little. I'm desperate to grow my hair long. I've got it down to like my shoulders. I want it down past my boobs. So I need another 12 inches. And the more. (laughs) (laughs) So the more that I use too much heat styling, it breaks your hair. I've decided at least three times a week, I'm not going to heat style my hair. So anyway, it's time for my pick of the week. It's called yeah. the curly-haired fuck, so here we go. <laughs> so as we said, uh, this pick, I have not heard it whatsoever. I know who it's by. Uh, I know the description that Neko gave, so I have not heard it. We're all going to hear it together unless you have someone who just happened to hear unless it Unless you have a 17-year-old at home, yeah. you probably haven't heard this song. So I am not a One Direction fan, but I know who One Direction is. And Harry Styles is Mr. One Direction. And Harry's got a couple of solo albums. And as I was saying earlier, um, as a as a dance class, we were all working on a, another song by Harry. I don't even remember what it's called. Falling, Falling. Which is completely different sounding than this one. This one's called She. So I, I happened upon it just because I was in the YouTube and I'm just clicking through the Harry Styles new album that came out about four months ago. And I listened to this and I said, this sounds nothing like anything else he's done. And it sounds nothing like One Direction. It doesn't even sound like Falling. Falling is something that you hear and it's like very passionate and oh, lots of piano. And this is not. Yeah, I only like can say to myself like i'm not a big hip-hop or pop fan i do love 80s pop and some but this newer stuff is it it, this is not bouncy like what makes you beautiful like the 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 very very famous one direction song that you've seen in commercials and you've probably heard walking well i was only drawing a comparison because i remember when justin timberlake released his what was the album with? Future, sex, sex love, yeah. sound. So even though that's a pop record, he had some elements in there that were like disco and 70s style uh, rock. So, I love fucking Justin Timberlake. Like so everything re- he's done. If you removed all the pop elements, he, he would actually have some pretty interesting concepts. So, and then think of Justin Timberlake now. He's like a huge star. But like NSYNC was huge in the late 90s. And NSYNC's... People are gonna hate this. <laughs> well, no, but I mean, like, InSync's catalog is way different than Justin Timberlake's catalog. You would say, like, it's very different. And even now, like, uh, the he's... problem is those 
you can't really play Justin Timberlake as a rock. Because it's no, no, really no, he's not. not but... He's not. He's the only thing that he's come close to lately is he's been doing some collaborations with Chris Stapleton, which is a little bit more country style. But he, yes, Justin Timberlake is still very poppy, but and so is Harry Styles. But this particular song is a different vein than anything else that he's hit, and I'm like. Alright, I want Anubis to hear this song because it reminds me, it's very Pink Floydy. It is a little bit kind of like that Pearl Jam track that we just played. And it's got that, like, post-rock Beatles feel to it. You know okay. what I mean? Like, what, during... I mean, we'll give it a shot. We'll see what we've got going on here. So, uh... so this is my pick of the week because we're trying something new. And this is first take Anubis, so... Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know exactly where we are when we're done with this stuff. Here we go. Harry uh, Styles, she. Neko's pick of the week. Audio jump. Attention, please. Be prepared for a musical transformation that you've never felt before. In a moment, jump. we will bring you on a journey. Like there's no tomorrow. And we will break new ground. Audio jump. Hailing from the land below the wind. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two. DJ Neko's pick of the week. Kids off at school And he 
anime from Darken and you are listening to the Holes of Chaos only on Metal Tavern Radio. Closing out the rock block, dog fashion disco. Before that, the Harry Styles project. <laughs> the, the Harry Styles project. I think you'd like that. Right. So, your first take. It was the first time you ever heard it, and. Uh, I. It, it definitely has the elements of like what you were saying between the Beatles and Pink Floyd. I, I heard those both of those Beatles vocally. Musically, uh, Floyd. You got that three-minute, like, whole but thing at the end. But in between, it got really into, like, the whole thing that I have, like, just problematic because it still has that Michael Jackson, Justin Timberlake feel about it. Like, it just, it still is a very much a pop song. Uh, it does have elements that are cool, and it actually worked within the block that we had between Pearl Jam and Dog Fashion, so it's not like it really... Messed everything up by going, but it's different. Like for for Harry Styles, it's way different, and I I applaud him for you know trying something a little bit outside his usual scope. It's fine. Um, you know, between you and me, like you deal with a lot of this like more pop stuff because of the dancing that you do and the teaching. For me, this is stuff that I would never listen to on the norm. Like, I just don't care enough about Harry Styles to say, oh, gotta have that record. Me either, but I'm just saying, I happened upon it, and I'm like, you know what? If Anubis listened to this, he'd be like, yeah, that's... I'm hearing the... Like you said, I'm hearing the Pink Floyd and the... And I... What I really, like I said, while we were listening to it, I said what really hit me was the last three minutes was nothing but instrumental just like Pink Floyd songs and then you hear his voice it sounds very Beatles rubber solely like that was his that's what it felt like his take was he was and he's also British too so it helps but like yeah I mean it's for him I because I know who he is like that's a nice little change up um and that's you, what I was you could literally play that on any rock station and get away with it like it's not a big deal but uh yeah, I don't know. It's just still a little bit too soft for me in terms of, like... I know you're never going to listen to it. I just... No. Nah. I was, cool. was... Again, it, it's surprise DJ Anubis. Yeah, it did. <laughs> and it wasn't as bad as you thought it was going to be, was it? No. No, it wasn't. It did fit all the narratives that you had put in there, so... I get it. I mean, it worked for the block and everything, so... I think that's my favorite uh, of all... Harry Styles slash One Direction songs. That's my favorite one. So I'm going with she. I will look out for another song to play. And yeah, I've told her to kind of like, like I, I don't mind the game. So it's gonna be interesting. <laughs> He's like, I don't mind the game. It's time to play the game. King of Kings. Uh, <laughs> no, but uh, you know. If you are able to browse the web and YouTube and find stuff that maybe I haven't heard, like if you just find the band and say, look, have you heard this? And I say no, then you can use that. Uh, even if you wanted to do it just in the metal blocks, it doesn't really matter. But uh, I, I liked I liked it. I mean, I think the, it was a nice approach to your pick of the week. 
um, it actually goes away from the stuff that you've done before, where it's mainly like all my favorite songs, right? Yeah, stuff that is, you grew up with. Now this is stuff that where like you're it challenging just came out, me. It came out four months ago, and I just heard of it through my my and dance It's from peers. an artist who doesn't normally dive into this type of uh, field, so uh, it doesn't actually have to be like an art that you can find just a rock band that I've never heard and say, "Oh wow, this is kind of cool." Let's see if Nubis knows it. That's what I want to try and do, because you know everything. Like, <laughs> even some stuff, like, you and I are not big country fans, but for me, like, there are certain country things that I, I like, when I hear, it's older country, and I, like, reminisce about my grandparents. Yeah, I cause... have a very hard time with country. There's, like, two tracks, and they're very old, and I just don't even listen to them as it is, so it's like... Everything else, though, you know. I've had people come to me, like, even my best friend come to me and say, you got to like this, right? And I'm like, no. (laughs) It's like, it's just, it does not work with me whatsoever, especially... Have you, wait a minute, have you heard Justin Timberlake and and Chris Stapleton's collaboration? I don't want to hear it. (laughs) Well, maybe that'll be my pick of the week for the next... If it's country, no. It's not, though, because it's JT, but... Anyway. Yeah, but JT's pop. You got to you got to try to like go into something that's a little more. It's like it's, it's like acoustic doing. guitar. Well, how, I got to preview. It. You know, I did. <gasps> you didn't make me preview Harry Styles. Well, if you can come up with a description of what they're doing and it makes sense to me, then maybe. But if even acoustic doesn't mean it's not country. That just you got to find. You got to dive deeper, girl. Get creative. Get creative. <laughs> I am creative. Yeah, like your Pee Wee Herman shit. You leave Pee Wee alone. So, there was a little bit of a debate. Not nothing major, but like, you know, Neko really loves Pee Wee Herman. I love Pee Wee Herman. Like, love Pee Wee I, I know Herman. a lot of people like Pee Wee Herman. They like the Goonies. These are two things in my past like i'm older he just than missed he just i didn't really miss Wee herman i missed the goonies just because it didn't sound like a movie i was really cared about uh it has some actors that i do like obviously josh brolin sean astin Corey feldman stuff like that but i when i finally sat down with the movie because i think we bought it on dvd for you because you were a big fan I'm just like, I don't care what the big deal is here. The thing with the Goonies, though, and I think I, I kind of realized it, because I watched it not too long ago, and I'm, like, remembering to myself being in my basement, watching it, and be like, yay, I'm watching the Goonies, and I thought it was, like, the most awesome movie ever. And this is me at, like, nine, ten years old. So, me watching it at 39 years old, it kind of... If you don't have that nostalgia kind of tied to it, I can understand where Anubis, who's never seen it before, it didn't age. It well. didn't. Yeah, it doesn't age well. Like Spaceballs, it doesn't. Like Spaceballs, I remember the first time I saw it was hysterical, and now I'm like, this is just kind of weird and uncomfortable. But with Goonies, like unless you saw it as a kid or in '85 when it first came out. You're not going to have that kind of like, oh, because I remember like when they find the, when they find the treasure and they find the pirate ship and it's just like all this, <gasps> same thing with Pee Wee Herman. Um, I actually, 
I'd never seen until we watched that 80s metal. I'd never seen his stand-up, and I love his stand-up even more than I love him now. But I used to watch uh, Pee-wee's Playhouse on the weekends. I watched Big Top Pee-wee. I watched Pee-wee's Big Adventure. It was all Pee-wee Herman. Let me tell you, Pee-wee Herman was a big deal in my family, even for my parents. There's the scene at the beginning of Pee-wee's Big Adventure with the little bunny slippers, and he's going, and it's going after the big fake carrot. Well, we bought my mother those bunny slippers. Like, Well, obviously, uh, going back to the Goonies, there's a couple of interesting factoids. that I knew one of them. I didn't know the other one, but the executive producer of Steven Spielberg. Yeah, you didn't know that? Uh, I think I knew that one. The other one I didn't know was the screenplay was written by Chris Columbus, who actually did the first two Harry Potter You didn't films. know that? No, I did not. So... Yeah, what else did Chris Columbus do? Despite not liking the Goonies, at least there's a couple of big names attached to it, That especially one that went on to make one of the best franchises ever that Missy hates. Um, yeah, so, but with Pee-wee, it's like... Uh, it's, it's, it's like... Dumb and Dumber, like it's the really dumb comedy that Pee-wee does, and he did when he started. Which at the time when it first started, I kind of got it because he was just so. Chris Columbus also did the Gremlins. He also did Home Alone. He also did um. You said Harry Potter. What else did he do? Let me look. Let me ask the Google machine. <laughs> Hold on, Mrs. Doubtfire. Uh, yeah, so Stepmom, of... Bicentennial Man. Oh, he did Rent. I didn't know that. There's a lot of good films. In yeah. There. So nine months. That's good. The Help, Jingle Jingle All the Way is a movie that does not get enough love. I don't care what anyone says. It's one of the best fucking Christmas movies out there. Yeah, that, that's a great Christmas movie. I love that one a lot. So, oh, wait a minute. <laughs> what else did he do? The Lighthouse. Oh, did he? Yeah. Yeah, part of that? Mm-hmm. Mm. So. That movie's fucking nuts. <laughs> you like me lobster, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I mean, like... With the Goonies, I saw it a hundred times on TV, and I was all into it. And then that there was a couple of Cindy Lauper songs on it that would like made me really happy about that. With Pee Wee, Pee Wee is just Pee Wee. He jerks off in movie theaters. Who cares? <laughs> and and I love. <laughs> oh my god! I wonder if the thing picked it off. That was loud. That's great. <laughs> You like me farts, did you not? <laughs> Pee Wee was a big deal to me. And uh now you've just your fart has just ruined <laughs> I'm not totally taking her off task. <laughs> yeah, Pee Wee uh just wasn't my thing. I don't care about the red bike. Um I care about the red bike. <laughs> I care about the secret word. I mean, if, fuck if it. You, if, you, if you said the secret word, you're supposed to ah, scream. Yeah, no, it just does nothing for me. God, I love Pee Wee. All right. Ah, you're a nerd. Next block. I'm kicking off some stuff from Kobar PR. Extreme. It's called The Projectionist. Check it out.
Toxic Ruin, and you're listening to Metal Tavern Radio. Nox Eternum, homage to the mortuary. Homage. 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 Uh, so, okay. Um, King Diamond. One of my most favorite artists ever. As we were speaking earlier about Devin, I started thinking about King Diamond as well. Another amazing artist who can take a theme and turn it into an entire album. Like... It's it's not just like, oh, I'm writing some songs for an album. He's like, I'm going to write a story. I'm going to write Abigail. I'm going to write them. I'm going to write everything puppet I can. Master. Yeah, Puppet Master to tell a story. And he really does it through the music. It's not like he just... And he's the macabre and the, the theatrics. It. It's It's amazing. So when we hear about King Diamond working on some reissues, we get excited. Yeah, from what I understand, this is going to be different than the whole basically taking something, remastering it, and having not come out quite as good as the originals. Like, I know Megadeth did this. And actually, That's the one that I bought you when it came out, and you're like, just it's not the same. Like, yeah, it sounds better. I think... In those versions, I think Dave actually did a reworking of the vocals, and I think that's part of the problem, if I recall. This, however, uh, they were able to get the rights back from Warner Brothers, I believe. That's kind of cool. That's hard to do. Right. And so now they're redoing it, but from what I understand from King himself is they're not changing it like, the other remasters are actually keeping it pretty much intact the way they were just somehow are able to take the compression and make it more clear clarity with a lot more clarity well and, now with the technology that we have we've heard old music that people have taken uh, I mean from like the 40s and 50s and they I'm talking old shit that people have dug up that's been kind of like oh this is just one reel to reel that we taped of so and so and they've enhanced it to a... so with what we have in technology now if King can do that with some of his older stuff I mean we've got Abigail on record that Herman thank you again Herman my favorite person in the world bought for me oh it's been like seven years now um and it sounds great, because I love records. I think records sound amazing. Yeah, I think at this stage, for me, like, we have vinyls for, like, Abigail and Them. I have cassettes of uh, them. Abigail and Them, I think. I don't have Abigail, but at this stage, like, since they're keeping the original dynamics, and since they're doing it to both vinyl and CD, I'm probably going to end up replacing the CDs I have mainly because they're able to keep the original sound intact while still pumping up the volume, basically, is what I call it. Because really, when you transfer from CD to MP3s, it, you know, your bit rates and everything else play a part, but if the original recordings aren't that strong, like, as much as I love, like, the original recordings at the time they were made, just technology in general gets better. And so, like, having more clarity with that particular type of music is pretty good, even if it keeps the original sound intact, and that's what you want. Mm -hmm. um, so many bands, whenever they do these, like, gold releases and remasters, is they 
they, fumble around with the yeah, music and they, itself. Yeah, and they replay it, and you kind of lose the original essence. Right, so that's why when we go back to stuff like cassettes, we're like, man, this analog shit sounds so fucking dope. Yeah. We love our analog. That's because we're old. But, you know, that that's the thing. Like, you, whenever you do these things, you want to try to retain this original sound that they were created in, and that's what King apparently is doing here and many bands should really focus on going forward for a lot of these long staying like Napalm Death, all of them, if they go and do this kind of stuff, try to retain the sound that they had when they created the music itself. I think it's amazing the stuff that we can do now just in general with te music technology. Like, look what we're doing right now in the basement of our metal tavern. We have the ability to broadcast, we have the ability to take things and turn it into digital, you know, sounds, and we have so much that, think back when you were in your teenage years, what, what did we do? We took a blank cassette, we put it in our tape player, and we hit record when something was on the radio. That's all we could oh, do. I could go even further back <laughs> to the point where I'm taking a tape recorder and... Because this is before Ghetto Blasters. Oh, put it next to the speaker. Right, exactly. <laughs> at your friend's house. No, I do it at my own fucking house. Like, I would just literally, like, boom, hit record right next to the thing. And my dad would be like, well, how'd you do that? And I'm like, just, like, doing this. And he's like, well, that's pretty ingenious. <laughs> so, we go from that with a blank <laughs> tape to now, I mean, Anubis and I, we've done so many things with our show alone. Like, oh, cut this out. Just take this piece out and, oh, we're going to pause the show right now and then we'll add this in later. Or, oh, we have a, a an interview we'd like to add in and it's on the computer. So if King Diamond can just be like, listen, I want to take my songs but make them better. And he's not, I, I said go for it because it's amazing what we can do. I, I just, the with our limited knowledge on quote-unquote production, if that's what you want to call, you know, cutting music is. You've got the king and some of the best producers out there who are going to take their albums and just... And it should be noted as I'm reading this is that they're also not just doing King Diamond, they're doing old Merciful Fate records as well, so... Oh, and a lot of that stuff really does need to be pumped up a little bit because it does sound like, you know, it's not even recorded in stereo, it's kind of recorded in mono, like right. the Merciful the merciful Fate stuff sounds like it's been recorded in mono, not even, like, what we hear from some of the earlier King Diamond, and that would be amazing. So what they're saying is April 24th, uh, they're releasing Abigail, Fatal Portrait, uh, Vita, Mato Blade. Then they're going to go on May 1st with Conspiracy and Them, and uh, then the 15th, The Eye, and In Concert 1987. So, so how would we, um, I mean, does King Diamond have an, a website that we just buy it digitally, or do we have... Well, they're doing it all through Metal Blade, so that's the website you'd probably okay. go through. Um, you probably could do it through King Diamond site because it's all intertwined, mm -hmm. but... Uh, I mean, we can't right now because of the pandemic. We can't, like, go to our favorite record store. But you might be able to go to your favorite record store's website and say, hey, I'd like to purchase a Merciful Fate album. Do you have it? And they could Just go to Metal yeah. Blade. They'll have it because they're just probably going to pump these things out. That's kind of amazing. I, I'm pretty psyched about that. Uh, in other news, um, 
a few episodes back we talked about how I think I believe I talked about it online um, news if I was gonna do a cannibal run three movie I had my like list yeah of, we like, talked about it's been about a month yeah, yeah. talk about characters that I would have being in that movie now people don't understand is that's actually all based off a real thing that goes on since the 1970s where people get together with their cars um don't know if it's all elaborate like the Lamborghinis and stuff i'm sure they play a part but people actually do race across the u.s from coast to coast to try to like see if it, the fastest time they can get there we'll, we'll take the blue bomber me and you and we'll get to the other side It'll we'll be, be there in a year we'll be so. there you know yep no big deal but with the pandemic uh these guys are still doing this and they're like obviously trying to break more records but for some of the more cannibal run purists they're kind of like well this doesn't make much sense because you've got a lot more emptier streets so the chances of you actually uh beating the times is much better than dealing with regular traffic which you would uh, you know come across anytime so for the cannibal there. run is what is the physical start and physical end position is it like new york city to la is that how it goes that's what they're saying okay so, so you have to start like downtown new york now i've driven through new york i actually was staying outside of new york in queens and to get back to the highway you have to drive like the quote-unquote highway goes through new york and that's a pain in the ass and that took two and a half hours right from the freaking from Queens to get back on 95 yeah, look, to get home. I'm looking at some of these times. I mean, between 26 hours and 27 hours, that's literally how long it took them to get from point A to point B. <sighs> to, to L.A.? Yeah. Isn't that like a three-day drive? Usually. Oh, so my you got God. a day, so they have to be hauling some ass. And during the pandemic, you know, cops have said they've seen more rise in, like, speedsters. Now, whether or not that applies just to these dumbasses that are doing this, but... That's some quite pretty good speed if you're doing like 100 miles an hour and whatnot. So is the Cannibal Run like a sanctioned thing? So do you say, here, I want to sign up for the Cannonball Run. I have my vehicle, which is a 2010 Dodge Caliber that can't go over 60 miles an hour. I am not sure how they actually run this. Um, I mean, I know obviously it's, it's sports cars, but like if I, let's say I wanted to do the Cannonball Run, do I just like... Dear Cannonball Run, here is my entrance if, fee money. If I had to be honest, it probably is one of these richer, richy people. Like, rich like a secret society yeah, type thing. Yeah, you have to really probably have to, because I'm sure these guys bet, like, who's going to get there and whatnot. It's all the same kind of shit. Uh, they all bet amongst themselves, like, nah, I'm going to get there in, like, 19 hours. No, 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 no. <laughs> 19 and a half for well, you. Right, so. You with the blue bomber. 900 hours. You're right. So, you know, these guys all have money dumped into these cars. and I mean, you and I, we'd probably get in there and we'd be like, okay, we got the Fusion. We'll be there in, like, a couple of days. But, hey, it's going to be But the fun. Fusion, hey, I have the Blue Bomber. That thing can't go over 65 miles an hour without it feeling sad. The Fusion, though, has an Eco Turbo and it saves gas and goes fast, which is kind of nice. I love driving that thing. I had my Firebird. It's a different story. Why did you ever get rid of that thing? Too expensive to fix? No, uh, complicated. I had traded my Spectrum for it, but uh, when 
pops found out he wanted to get it back and we had never actually paid any money or swapped uh what do you call it? The, the titles yeah we hadn't swapped those at that, that point so because i only had it for a few months even though i ended up putting a new clutch and new tires on it and everything but regardless to say ended up switching back because and then of course i tore the spectrum up with you know, you know, horse oh yeah, isn't it the one where you you no ended brakes. up yeah no brakes <laughs> yeah so at all no brakes how right. does that work so there, there's a lot to it that that but um yeah I don't know exactly how this all works but it's interesting and I'd still like to see another movie done on because I always felt those movies were fun if anybody understands how the Cannonball Run works like if you are really into cars I know we have a couple of people that listen who are really into cars. Yeah, I really am, am. We need the info. Yeah, it's it's not like oh www.cannonballrun.com slash entry fee like right. it doesn't work like that. Is it is it just like you just kind of know, and if you're in the know, you go to a certain spot on a certain day, or is it just like you have to be in this car club to to do the Cannonball Run? Yep. Would you, now, would you wear adult diapers if you were driving the Cannonball Run so we wouldn't have to stop so you could get there in 26 hours and not have to stop and go to the bathroom? No. No, you'd still stop? I mean, if you think about it, these guys are doing it almost a day. Mm-hmm. Don't even fucking need to eat. <laughs> Snack away and just get there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Slim Jim! Yeah, I'll have a Slim Jim, a Power Bar, and 12 Red Bulls. Right, that's basically all you need. The Cannibal Run just actually intrigues me because it's the oldest street racing, I guess, on record, if you think about it. I need to show you another movie called The Gumball Rally, which has Raul Julia in it. And I'd I'd love it. Oh, yeah, it's fucking amazing. Um, All right. What's up next? So we'll be uh, getting back to you soon. We got a lot more music coming your way. Kicking off, uh, like I said, we have some new Razgate, uh, Creative Waste, and Hunger. So a lot of thrash coming your way, so you're gonna enjoy I that. Like, oh, I did like Hunger a lot. Remember? Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness! Great interview they did with uh, Chris and them. From yes. Yeah. Uh, but we're gonna kick off some ossuary, new stuff for them, killing by forces of your mind.
you people of the underworld. I'm Nick from the Greek heavy metal band Accelerator and I want you to rock hard with the Metal Tavern Show. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and I hope you hurt your ears listening to a hot brand new album. Hell yeah!
right. We just got done thrashing around. Yeah, I think I threw my neck out. I'm kind of old. <laughs> Plus, we drank a little bit, so that always adds to the flavor. Exercise. Exercise. That's what it is. It's Burn. exercise. Exer We've now called it exercise. Exercise headbanging style. Exercise the demons. Look at, look at these muscles from all my headbanging. <laughs> <laughs> so, this is DJ Neko. DJ Nibis, thank you all for tuning in for this episode of the Hordes of Chaos. This has been a lot of fun. I've had some great discussions with DJ Anubis, and I, I mean, we, this has been a packed episode. We've got topics, we've got articles, we've got shit coming out in the next couple of weeks that we can download from Sherry Carey and from King Diamond, and... I don't even know if I'm going to be able to handle myself. There's just so much coming out that I, I, I'm going to be gone, so I'm going to miss it. That's just my life, but... Yeah, that's the funny thing is this particular episode that you're all listening to is actually two weeks in advance, so we've been kicking them out while she's here. I'm leaving on the 17th. The downtime has allowed us to organize and have the free time to do a lot of this. I mean, normally it's okay. We get it in anyway, but... Uh... And there's been a few times where... Um, I've been lucky enough to be on a little bit of downtime on the ship, and I'll call through our satellite phone. And, and, and they tend to enjoy that, because I've seen like some of the numbers from those type of uh, episodes, and people like tune in a lot for that. Well, the one I called you... Neko, calling from the shores of Taiwan. Well, the one that I called you, I remember, I wasn't in like the small room. I was in... It was kind of like a working room because the other satellite phone was in use. So I'm in a room where people are coming in and actually working and you can hear the overhead like announcements and stuff. I'm like, I'm sorry about that. We're working right now, but they were just talking about the cable and it's going over and everything is good. Okay. And then let's talk about King Diamond. Yeah. <laughs> Speakers are us. So it was kind of, it's it's kind of interesting when I'm gone, um, but yeah, there have been a few times that I've called in. Um, she won't be able to do it this time, because no, it's all super secret. Yeah, I'm secret squirreling it. I, um, I have to sail across the Atlantic. I don't know where I'm going, because it's secret squirrel. Then I have to do some secret squirrel work, <laughs> and then sail back across the Atlantic. So I'll be gone about a month. Not that long. Nah, not too bad. Mm -mm. Unless you said you might change, but well, I doubt this time around it will. It depends on what's happening. We have one of our ships out right now who was supposed to be done. Done. February. Everything's done. Job is done. And then the coronavirus happened, and they're like, we're not taking any ships in this port. So they have had to sail from, like, Oman to Singapore, from Singapore to Hawaii, and now Hawaii. The United States is like, no. Well, with all that said... Uh, Luckily, I'm coming back to Baltimore, so it shouldn't be a big deal. Yeah, like... Because we are ahead, I know she'll be here for at least one more episode, but chances are I might be able to get two more done before she's gone, So, because we still have another week of quarantine. So. Yeah, we're quarantined. Like, you guys are quarantined, but we're, like, literally not allowed to leave the house. You guys can go and get essentials. We have to have essentials delivered. Yeah. All right, uh, continuing on with the thrash zone that we've got going on right now. So this is our last song. It is Mortal Peril. 
end of days. We'd like to give a shout out to our sponsors and our favorite uh, bands. Metalomania, obviously. Sky Nielsen Productions or Promotions. Very much uh, big supporters of the Metal Tavern Radio podcast. Uh, obviously, all the labels like Atomic, Clabar, and Grand Sounds that provided tracks today. Um, I try to do that every podcast we have, depending on who sends me what. Uh, obviously, the bands that have been played, we appreciate that you all support that we play your music and get it out to for people as well. So, many thanks. Thanks and- to everyone. And please, we love comments, questions, and queries. Yeah, if you guys want to hear stuff, Facebook and or if you want to start pulling a rickroll me like Neko does, I mean, send if me you some want, shit. If you want to say something mean, say something mean. We want we want feedback if you want to give us feedback. But we're really happy to be here and just talking about metal with everybody because that's what we love. I mean, we're sitting in the dungeon of metal right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, right now between the Metal Time Radio podcast and Metal and Man, those are the two best shows going right now. So Metal. Both bring something a little bit different. Uh, they're presented differently. So hopefully we're giving you the taste of the stuff that you want to hear. So back to our last track. It is Mortal Peril. End, End of, of Days. days. Later that was on. my growl. Peace.